poll highs. Labour can govern alone with 62 red seats. And lows. Because your polls are crap. In testing times. Isn't that pretty poor that you can't give us that information? Yeah, I, I, I wish I could. Kia ora and welcome to One News Inside Parliament. It's the weekly catch-up about the political stories we've been covering here on One News. I'm Benedict Collins. And I'm Jessica Much Mackay. And we've had a very big week. Yeah, um, there's been it some has fascinating been. things going down. Hey, late last night, a bit of an incident went down at mm-hmm. Parliament. Um, this is kind of sort of breaking news. Most outlets sort of picked up on it this morning. Uh, I think shortly before midnight, um, Nick Smith, who um, you know repeatedly has runs in uh, run-ins with the um, Parliament Speaker Trevor Miller. He was ordered out of the house early yesterday, but he kept sneaking back in. And uh, shortly before midnight, he entered. And I've, I've watched the footage. Michael Wood, the Labour MP, said, "Hang on a minute." Uh, called for a point of order, and let Adrian Ruafay, who was a- uh, acting Speaker at that time, said, "Hey, Nick Smith's come back in here." And uh, unfortunately, the Parliament um, cameras aren't—they um, don't have news in mind. They kept the camera on the. Um, on the speaker, but you could hear Nick Smith, and he started to say things like, "This is extraordinary. This is a you know Nazi establishment. Um, why should I have to leave?" And the speaker ended up getting the sergeant of arms um, to come in to to chuck him out. So pretty, um, yeah, extraordinary behaviour there yeah. from a very senior M- MP. Um, and we're, we're going to follow up on that, um, get a bit of reaction as well. Yeah, it'll be good to hear from Nick Smith and and why mm. he he felt that way. So um, let's it'll be really interesting to see. And like you say, really extraordinary. It was. It, it's been a very, very long time um, since that has happened. So yeah. we'll we'll dig into that today mm. and keep you guys posted. I mean, aside from the poll, which we'll get to a bit later on, it's been a massive week not only for COVID but also politically. We've had some really big things blocked by New Zealand First this week. So we've had um, the light rail. That's been a really big development. That was obviously one of the government's flagship policies. Um, New Zealand First have said thanks, but no thanks. Um, we're not going to support that. Also with the rent relief package, that's something that's been negotiated for a long time um, through all of this and and again said thanks but no thanks. So Winston Peters has said, oh look, we're not blocking it, we're just making sure that there's checks and balances there but given where we are in the election cycle, it's not surprising that we're seeing them jockeying for position. And starting to, you know, uh, create a bit of a a scene, eh? Yeah. Throwing their weight around, trying to trying to get the headlines, which which I guess they did. Yeah, and yeah. he can also go to his supporters and say, "This is what we blocked. This is what we stopped. This is what influence we have," and that's part of the election strategy, I guess. Um, should we talk about the little quirk, um, that, uh, a quirk of a story that's been uh, in the media for about a week now, and that has been the homeless man who Michael Woodhouse uh, had a tip off saying a homeless man had been um, staying at the Crown Plaza for a couple of weeks. He was able to sneak in on one of the queues from the airports. And usually I, I think that you wouldn't always run a story with just one person's tip off, but don't forget Michael Woodhouse had been quite right about yeah. the women stopping in in Auckland and, and meeting up with someone. So I do think that um, he said, oh, well, I'll give this one a nudge as well. And and we're in this weird stalemate mm. now with with Michael Woodhouse saying, well, I, I stand by my source and the government saying there's no evidence of this. Um, you should have the correct information. I think the phrase put up or shut up was used. Yeah, so it was quite, I did a track on that this week. And so the government, um, Megan Woods wrote to him and said, hey, look, We've dedicated all these um, all these hours to going through CCTV footage, tracking the 1,706 people who had stayed in, in, in this hotel. We can't find any evidence that a that a homeless guy, uh, you know, ever sort of sneaked his way in, into this hotel. And I thought, 
Michael Woodhouse's response was quite extraordinary. He turned around and said, oh, well, why have you put so much resources into this? It was just an anecdote anyway. And it was like, hang on, you know, it just seems like kind of sloppy. You know, after the, after the good work he'd done exposing the, the COVID-infected women travelling across the country, you know, to, to send health officials on this sort of wild goose chase in on a pandemic. On the flip side, though, shouldn't it be a very easy thing to go through and make sure that you have addresses for all of these people? Shouldn't the database be in place? Yes, of course, I understand everyone is very busy and and we're dealing with all of this, but to me, it it doesn't strike me as something that would require a whole lot of resources if everything's being done properly to do checks and balances. So I do think that it's a question, and if that had been able to happen, um, that's obviously an extraordinary story. But yeah, yeah, and and I think that's what they were worried about. He'd been on the money previously exposed a you know a big flaw um, in, in our sort of arrangements there mm. around keeping people safe you know and it was a pretty serious allegation that he made and for him to sort of roll back on it and go oh hey it was just an anecdote yeah just uh, just you know, why, why undo that good work you'd done elsewhere I'm and the layers of sloppy. politics involved in it as well mm. I think you know it, it, I think it obviously it's a, a a response to this outbreak but there are the layers of politics on both sides that's right and, I, and I, I think it was a bit of a gift for the government to be able to turn it back on him mm. um, you know and, and just repeatedly in the house they've been jumping up um, Grant Robertson Winston Peters you know continually bringing bringing this homeless man back up. Um, you know, and I think even Michael Woodhouse said, and I'm not sure where he got this from, but apparently he was said, I, I quote, it's cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to do this um, you know, investigation and to try to find the homeless man. And he's sort of scoffing at this, like, why have you wasted your time? Just- I, I still think that the the tip off, the first tip off exposing that these women had mm. actually stopped probably gives him a bit of wriggle room with the yeah. second one. I think if he hadn't had that, I think we'd be having a different conversation. But yeah, a, a really interesting story. And one other thing that I wanted to add while we're talking about pits peaks and interesting things, uh, Q&A, which of course has been on Monday nights. Um, traditionally, it was played on a Sunday morning. It's now going back to that traditional Sunday morning spot. So for people over winter, they can grab their cup of coffee and, and settle in on a on a Sunday morning and, and watch that. And so get, I think, get your fill of political news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if you're getting your fill of a political podcast, you might be a Q&A watcher as well. I'm just Indeed. just thinking that. Yeah. So that those are my interesting things. Yeah. Hey, and of course, a big, big poll. Um, Todd Muller's first poll since Todd Muller took over from um, after Simon Bridges was, was rolled in the coup. Yeah. What? T- take us well, through the main why numbers. Don't you, OK, I'll take you through yeah. the main numbers. And then why don't you give your take on it? Because I feel like it, people have heard a lot from me on this. We'll hear from you and we can have a chat about it. So the big numbers were um, national going up nine from 38 going up nine. Um, Todd Muller doing OK. Labour on 50 still. So it's come down nine, but still sitting on 50, and that means it can govern alone. So that's big. Go down into some of those smaller parties. Act got a boost. It's doing really well. Um, New Zealand first uh, on its lowest since 2012. So that's that's not a great figure. And just to dig into that a little bit more, something that I didn't touch on in the news last night, but but some of our um, viewers may find interesting, is that what we do with polls is we, we round them up or round them down depending, you know, Swedish rounding if it's 1.8% for example we round it to 2. Like with New Zealand First. Yes so for New Zealand First um, they were on 1.8% so we rounded it up to 2. So 1.8 just feels like a really long way away from 5% when you look at that. I think also worth noting 
as the margin of error in our polls, we sample a thousand people. Half is done by phone. Half is done, uh, sorry, by by landline phone. Half is done um, by mobile phone. Um, but the margin of error is three point two percent. So I just think that's important in this scenario because it's still five um, percent or thereabouts, but it's tight. And I just think if digging into those numbers is is really interesting. So New Zealand first. Um, one thing I just also think is quite funny to mention is that given the current climate that we're in with uh, David Clark and Ashley Bloomfield, um, we ask people, who do you think should, would make the best Prime Minister? Who would you prefer to see in that top job? And we don't prompt people that, they just give their responses, and you can get some quite interesting ones sometimes. Um, this time, one person out of the thousand people said David Clark, the Health Minister. So I do feel like for him, that may just be the little bit spark of joy that he needs David Clark for Prime Minister. For Prime Minister, yeah. <laughs> so I just, You've I, got to wonder if they called his wife. Yeah, well, yeah, um, yeah. there were a few jokes <laughs> around that about that going on, but yeah, um, yeah so those are, those so, that's a big take. Yeah, so my my, my thoughts on it were, I talked to National and they um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, and they were really really hoping or aiming to be mid thirties. Um, they ex- they they thought that was sort of their, their expectation that, that they'd set. <clears throat> so to be sort of high thirties, I think they'll be they'll be pretty happy with that. <clears throat> but I think. National were always that, that previous poll, which we did sort of not long after lockdown had finished, um, we're, we'd had just the Prime Minister and Ashley Bloomfield day in and day out, and that smacked the coronavirus out the park in terms of the New Zealand's response. Um, that was always going to be, I thought, a one-off to have Labour that high. It just wasn't sustainable. Even senior Labour ministers, you know, were like <clears throat> sort of saying to us their own internal polling didn't even have them that high. Um, <clears throat> So I think were, Labour was always going to come down, National was always going to go back up, but I think National will be pretty happy. Hey, in Labour, they're going to take this, they're, they're stoked to still be fitting, uh, sitting on, on 50. I've also had a chat with the, the Greens, and they were sort of saying, well, yeah, Labour could <clears throat> technically, you know, if they remain on this sort of number, they, they could technically govern alone, but it would be just so hard, you know, um, in terms of getting legislation through and like that. So the Greens are probably sitting pretty pretty happy as well um, and yesterday you did the sort of looked at, had a look at National Labour the big parties and I, I did the minor party um, track and that, that was quite a lot of fun You've, you had um, David Seymour he's pretty stoked he's going to have a few a few mates coming to join him he, you know he he's going to be happy with one at this point, he's going to have to start organising caucus meetings Whoa. you know <clears throat> you know it's going to be very different times for him and the Greens, you know, they were they were pretty happy um, to be <clears throat> because they had been on four point seven and to be back up to six. I think they thought that was sort of more naturally where they sat as well. They were kind of a bit of a victim to the, you know, that those the news hubs and our sort of extraordinary post lockdown poll last time. <laughs> you know, I think on our numbers yesterday they would have had seven MPs, but. Yeah, the, I, I guess the, the fascinating reaction that we had yesterday like, uh, was I had a bit of an interview with Winston Peters, and um, yeah, he, he was he gave a bit of bit of fire in his belly. He doesn't like our polls to start with, um, let alone when he's tanking. Um, yeah, yeah, so made made for good TV. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, interesting though. Um, uh, He's got a serious fraud office investigation hanging over his head, and he really doesn't like being asked about that. Um, you know, he, he's saying this is a jack up. He's been set up. Um, 
I also asked him yesterday, I didn't have time to get this into the track, but uh, about the report, Barry Soper, News Talk ZB's political editor, a while back did a story about how the SFO has been executed a raid or a search warrant on Brian Henry, Mr Peter's lawyer, who is also a trustee of the New Zealand First Foundation. Um, Mr Peter's refused to confirm that yesterday. Don't ask me, why would you ask me? And I'm like, well, he is your lawyer, Mr Peter's. Um, yeah, refused to confirm those reports that the search warrant had been executed. Uh, Mr Henry also refused to confirm um, that Barry Soper's report had been, you know, that this had happened as well. But yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be a big issue for them heading into the campaign trail. The serious fraud office has said, you know, it wants to come out with a result either way before the election, but it did say it kind of is relying upon the cooperation of those involved, and who knows whether they're getting that. We can't get any answers out of them. And the timing of that is is really important, and, and you know, we've seen with overseas reports coming, where they come in the uh, election cycle can have a big bearing on things, so yeah. I feel like it's one of those things that for you do need to get it out in the open as quickly as as possible um, because they do carry weight um, and do shape the way people feel about things. So yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see. Um, a couple of things that, that I thought was interesting. So first of all, uh, approval. So we, this is something that's used quite a lot overseas with um, international uh, politicians mm. and you get an approval rating. You ask people how they think they're doing in their job. And I think that's a really interesting um, thing to ask because it's separate from who would you like to see as Prime Minister, Minister, Prime Minister. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, Todd Muller is auditioning to be Prime Minister at the moment, but asking how people think he's doing in his job, I think sheds a, a different light on yeah. things. So it's really interesting. And and with that, that you had a, um, about 30%, let me see if I can find these numbers for you. So it was t- uh, 36% saying they approve of the job he's doing, uh, 27% saying they're disapproving of the job he's doing. But what was really interesting mm-hmm. is 37%, so the biggest number, didn't actually know and so feel as though they don't know him. So you can calculate the number. He got plus nine um, in that. In contrast, Simon Bridges got minus 40 in that last poll. And that's and that's when you're starting to get into really dangerous territory. But I do think one thing to um, put up in Simon Bridges' defence, yes, he was wallowing and yes, the party went to 29 off that yeah. poll. But <laughs> yeah. under him, they did... Um, we're constantly sitting in the 40s in those mid 40s so I think you'd want to you'd be keeping that in mind um, going forward as the the National Party that um, Bridges was quite comfortably sitting in that 40 mark in our last few polls and I think that it's just it's worth noting that Yeah and in multiple previous polls before lockdown it looked like National and ACT were going to form the next government Yeah I mean let's look at the numbers 46 46 47 45 44 that's just on my sheet and then the this big fat 29% that was our last poll. So that's from June last year yep. through to... Through to February this year. So yep. those are those big numbers. Then we had the the writing on the wall for Simon Bridges and the Prime Minister having, you know, leading us through this big crisis and, and that was the opportunity and the decision that the National Party took. So I just think interesting going through and all I'm not that, that surprised that a large number of Kiwis weren't, weren't sure yet about whether they think Todd Muller's doing, you know, a, g- a good job or a bad job. I think, you know, he's still really new. We, you know, you're increasingly sort of seeing him out and about, but they haven't really come up with a lot of new policy. But he's yet. also got um, to f- figure it out. He's got 85 days. Yeah. So you can't faff around if if he wants to do this. He has to get around, yeah. get out and about. He has to start running. He doesn't have time to jog. 
Okay, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> hey, um, we're also going to have a, have a bit of a chat about what we've seen with um, uh, coronavirus this week and, and the numbers. We're starting to get more sort of positive cases, but with with returning um, with returning Kiwis coming into these hotels um, each. Well, I'm not sure if it's each day, but you know, one case, yeah, two cases, day. three cases. Yeah. Kind of, you, but I, I think you've got to expect that. One thing I thought was really interesting this week was um, Ashley Bloomfield was talking, um, saying one of the things that they're sort of getting in, or they think is very high risk, are those Air New Zealand flights coming back out of the west coast to the US. Yeah. Um, and they're really trying to ramp up more kind of security around those flights, particularly for those air crew, because remember, they don't go into the 14-day isolation periods, but they have now introduced a thing for those Air New Zealand air crew coming, you know, out of the West Coast where the coronavirus is just rampant of the US. Um, 48 hours, I think, they're stood down, and they have to pass a um, coronavirus COVID-19 swab test before they can go back to work. Mm. I think, yeah, that's probably, it was just interesting to see that they really feel that these flights are high risk. Yeah, and I think that's what we're seeing after the two women who highlighted the system's Mm. not working, people aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing um, in terms of testing before they go, before they're allowed out, before I should just clarify that that um, the officials weren't doing the right thing before allowing people to go. Um, I think that the last week or so we have seen our checks and balances work. So you come in from quarantine and most of that and the other cases, of course, have been checked and and have been caught in managed isolation. Yeah. And that's the system that we want. And that means that then when they get symptoms, they then go to the Jet Park Hotel, which is the the kind of quarantine centre where you go if you've got symptoms or um, if you develop symptoms or if you test positive, you go in there. Um, and I, I think that if we can have a little, a, a bit more time when New Zealanders are starting to feel like things are working the way they should. But we just had a few things like this record number of testing this week of 9,000 people in, in one day. And you just think people are, that makes, that means people are feeling nervous. So they've now toned down the rules and said, look, unless you actually have some of the symptoms, not just a sniffle and a cough, which it was before, you need to just hold back. Yeah, that's St. Luke's um, in Auckland, the St. Yeah. Luke's testing station, they had like three, four hour queues. And botany was people, another one. And people Easter trying happened. to go in to get tested, like yeah. huge numbers. Yeah, and that's because we'd had the message, if you have a little cold mm, or have mm. a sniffle, yeah, yeah. go get and checked. get tested. Yep. And and that's people were just following the message that was sent. But I, yeah, but, it, it, feels, it feels like we've got really really angry about this as we should have and then people have sort of gone okay it's not we haven't had community outbreak we've been lucky and then let's just see how the next couple of weeks play out and to me whenever you're setting up a new system a major new system you've got lots of people coming and there's always going to be you know blunders or or things you haven't thought about mistakes that get made you know i was sitting there this morning thinking i think yesterday in california there were seven thousand new confirmed cases Mm. Yeah, you know, I mean, seven thousand people with yeah. coronavirus. You know, I, you know, we're still doing pretty well comparatively, um, and compared to the rest of the world, aren't we? Yeah, and and I guess that's something that we need to keep in mind. But that's tough because I think a lot of people gave up a lot over those five weeks. You know, yeah. I think that people feel like they, which want... is why we don't have any cases. Yeah, yeah. But but with 
we're lucky, I think, that we or any didn't have... Or out of the hotels. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what, but I yeah. think that's lucky because in terms of the tests and people following the rules that were set, that wasn't done and things could have gone yeah. pear-shaped, absolutely. It was dumb, right? Yeah, yeah it was really dumb. Lots, so, lots of people out without, without yeah. tests. Uh, just <laughs> as a little aside, and, and then we can probably wrap it yeah. up, but um, one thing I did think was a little bit... There are just so many little human stories that pop up in this. A guy actually got into the wrong queue or on the wrong bus, so ended up at this Jetpack Hotel, which is a quarantine hotel. Um, then actually tested positive for it so didn't then have to move because he'd got COVID-19 already and I just think the Director General of Health was like so there was a mistake and he actually is already in the Jetpack Hotel so he did not have to transfer and you just think that's it's someone lining up in the wrong queue and getting onto the wrong bus and I just think we're going to have there's all sorts of little caveats to this story that um, we've been reporting on this week it's been a I feel like it's been a massive one. Big COVID stuff, big poll. Yeah. Yeah. And more to come. So we shall see. Cool. Excellent. Hey, we'll leave it there. That was One News Inside Parliament, our weekly catch-up about the stories we've been covering here on One News. Uh, You can check this out on your favourite podcasting app and a whole heap of um, other social media things that I can't remember right now. But we hope you enjoy it. Have a good week. (laughs) 